0: It's good, yo, welcome to the spark. We finally made it to the episode that Tony's been promised. First, say hi, Tony. What's up, everybody? We're here with Tony's therapist. Um, we're gonna continue in with the anonymity because, uh, of course, Tony is um, still an active member of law enforcement so. Would you like to say hello?
1: Hi everyone.
0: See, there you go. pleasure this. to be here. <laughs> yeah.
2: We're happy to have you. We're happy to have you
0: finally. So, to start, um, <coughs> will you just explain a little bit about what you do and um, like your title and, and the, just what you do as an overall.
1: Okay, so I'm a um, certified trauma therapist. I took uh, a year-long training twice because it's after I took it the first time. Then I took it again to become a certified trauma therapist and um, because there was new things and I wanted to like get caught back up, I am, I have a doctorate in counseling psychology and so um, the majority of my clientele are traumatized. So trauma is your main focus. Trauma is my love. And that's how
0: you found (laughs) Tavity, is trauma.
1: (laughs) Yes. That's exactly.
0: Well, actually, he found me. Yeah, he found you. So, we'll talk a little bit about both of you, about when you, well, the beginning episodes. We talked about how he didn't want to be. He didn't want to. Be, he didn't believe in mental health at all. No. He didn't believe in PTSD for sure. He didn't believe that he had anything wrong with him. He believed that you had to tough it out, be a man, and and go on. So, talk a little bit about when you first came in both what happened.
2: I mean I've said it before but just the rehash like yeah. I think our first conversation was on the phone and I said you asked me, Do you believe in PTSD? And I'm like, No. And I think the next question was, Do you believe in talking about what happened? And I was <laughs> like, Nope, we just pushed through things and that's it. And then you were like, Okay, well, you have my phone number. If you want to call me, go ahead. And That's where it ended for a couple weeks.
1: And then when you did call me and schedule an appointment, I was surprised the day you showed up.
0: Is that... Do you see that a lot with people that first come to you? Uh,
1: First time, yeah. Sometimes after the first time we talk, they they might not show back up again. So a
0: lot of people just don't come back?
1: Some of them take a while to come back. They just realize this is going to be difficult.
0: I can imagine, because it's trauma-based. Like, we're about to talk about something hard, and Mm -hmm. they know that.
1: Right, and they know it. They know exactly what happened to them, and now to disclose it to somebody else.
0: How do you find the energy to break down those walls from somebody? Because ultimately, they have to let you in in order for you to do your job. They do. So, like, how do you... That would feel deflating, like you wanna help so bad. You're so passionate about this from hearing from Tony. How does it how do you keep like fighting that fight that like with him for instance, that's refusing to let you in?
1: But he um actually there are times when I feel like really dejected or like into the that's beginning right. of sessions, like it's really hard. Yeah. And, so then I think about people who have completed, like Tony or other people, and when I get to tell them goodbye, and I don't, and I'll tell them, you know, you can call me anytime if you have any kind of flare-ups, or it'll only be a couple of sessions, you'll be fine. And so I think about those individuals.
0: So you draw from successful p- times, successful positive stuff, because I mean that to me would be. The hardest part would be starting off, right? Do you think? Oh
1: yeah, That's the hardest part is making the phone call. Yeah. So. And saying I have a problem. And and that
0: like, what made you decide that you were going to allow her to do
2: her thing? Well, I know the first time I called was just because I was told to call. You had to. Yeah. I had to. And then like just nothing changed. Like everything was just falling. There were so many changes at that time that. like what the hell went wrong like started like i realized i wasn't hanging out with anybody i wasn't doing anything and i just started seeing stuff i'm like this is off and after i called her like nothing changed it was like it was probably two three weeks later maybe longer and i was like nothing it just kept getting worse and you just feel like you start filling it because like i said i blocked it all out for a year and then totally broke in a session here, well, after a couple sessions here, I think it was the third session. Right. But leading between the, the year and that session, like, it just kept getting worse and I started feeling it. And, I, and as she explained like you just couldn't block it out anymore, it was too much in there, it was too much being pushed in your head, you can't block it out forever, and the picture of water thing that we talked about, that's, she taught it to me, and like, it just started to explode over and I couldn't push it anymore, and like, I could just start feeling different, like, more tired, I just, not, it just wasn't me at all.
0: So you were feeling like some physical effects where you're like, I have to give this a shot?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean that's how it was. It just, to that point it was just so dark every day. And like it was just not even fun getting out of bed anymore or getting, getting to work, anything like that. And it was just like, well, let's go see what this is all about. and then, like, get in. But even then it took a couple of sessions before I started to really break in.
1: But I told you it was going to be worse before
2: it got better. You did say that it yeah. absolutely got worse way worse before it got better, but it got better, so yeah.
1: And so, when it gets really, really bad, then I get really excited because then I know they're starting to change because they're starting to accept it. And so, when they see it's the darkest, it's the brightest for me because
0: because you see that it's finally clicking, you yeah, see that they're finally working through it, getting somewhere. How different is he now today? From the first day you walked in
1: here. 100%. <laughs> you think? Absolutely.
0: Uh, I've known this dude since he was in first grade. So, that's our whole... He's like an older dude now. But when you go that long <laughs> knowing somebody, it's like knowing a family member. You, I mean, you know somebody that long. And then when I saw the trauma and he was telling me... He didn't tell me that he was coming to see you. He didn't tell me that... Anything, really. He didn't tell any of our friends that...
1: Well, I told him he didn't have to. He yeah. Didn't have to disclose
0: any of that. And that's... I mean, it worked. So, for sure, follow directions. But I... We all started to see that it was affecting him. And for us, you know, you know when he signed up for this job, this was a possibility. Right. But um, when we got the call that that happened to him and we... We kind of just wrote any strange behavior. I don't know if strange is the right word, but him being like an introvert, like he became, was strange just because he's not necessarily like that. And, right. Um, he drank always. We all drank. But the amount of drinking he was doing and the way that he was drinking was different. Right. And he was taking 400 sky pictures a day. Is right. what is what I noticed. Is what made me finally <laughs> ask. So... To see him change so drastically like that, it was, um, I couldn't imagine what it felt like for him inside, for us to notice it from the outside. So we're glad that he did. It had to be
1: hard for you, too.
0: It was hard because we didn't know what to do.
1: That's called vicarious trauma. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh what is it would you I carry a second
1: hand trauma trauma that you see because of either hearing something that somebody went through that's traumatic or having someone you really care about go through a trauma and seeing the changes in them yeah, so then you own part of their trauma it becomes part of you
0: do you think so like in a family setting, would you
2: consider that work like this and today?
1: Absolutely, work, like, I asked about co-workers all the time because um, I knew it had to be affecting everybody because they're a family.
0: And that's something that a person that's not educated in in this field, I wouldn't even have thought of that, you know, and so would you recommend that everyone goes to therapy? Well, first, you recommend that everyone goes to therapy,
1: even if you don't think that they, if they think they don't need it. I think therapy does well for everybody because um, it's nice to be able to talk to somebody about stuff that's going on in your life and not have to worry about somebody finding out, somebody holding it against you or anything like that. Because even if I run across you in a store or something, I'm going to totally ignore you. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But you would for sure recommend therapy for like if somebody in Tony's situation, like their family, would you... Oh, yeah. I mean, they would have to then right
1: because anybody that's close to Tony had fact was affected by it yeah. because they saw what he went through
0: yeah and the physical stuff was it was shocking too when they first brought him home and we saw him how much did you weigh 170 I don't know 5 something yeah he like was that. he was thin he like, aged 10 years and we were like so anyway <laughs> um
1: just the image of him telling describing what it was like for him it yeah. it was hard for me to kind of even imagine him as that person
0: yeah it was it was it was so i don't even know how to explain it like it was awkward cuz you don't want to say oh you look horrible <laughs> and but cuz he was like how do I look Am I all right you know and you're like and it was we didn't... He didn't know and that we thought he was going to die at one point.
1: He thought he was going to die,
0: too. Yeah, we thought he was going to... He He didn't know that we knew. knew I just ignored it. Because when we... There was like wound, there was infection, there was wound, vac situation. He wasn't getting any better at one point. We're like, you know, is this going to... What's going to happen with this? So it was very concerning. So anyway, he does finally start to come and talk to you. Um... (laughs) What, should there be any expectations going into therapy as far as, um, you know, if I go, how many times did you, did you go? Like oh, a um, week? Like well, well, a week. There I was, was
1: well, he was coming twice a week.
0: Yeah, for multiple hours. So like, should there be any expectations on how much you should go, how frequently?
1: Luckily he had to get insurance and insurance wasn't like a real huge problem. Yeah. But um, you have to do the work outside, and he did. Yeah. It wasn't just, I'm going to come to therapy and talk about, and then when I leave, I'm done.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, so, he, I mean, he talks about that. But, like, do you, would you say, like, Ari, I'm going to go for six months, or I'm going to go for, like, should there be any kind of...
1: Well, I, I think I explained to Tony, like, you do what I tell you to do, and you're going to be fine. Like, we'll get you through this, and... So there's no
0: set like you should go into it just free, open mind, no expectations, no Then it's gonna be hard. Let's just see. And by hard, what do you mean? What do you
1: It's gonna be it's gonna be a difficult time in the very beginning, but yeah. then it does get easier. And the when he first started recognizing that he started feeling better and things were changing, I had seen it like a lot probably fourth, fifth session I started seeing changes. But when I see them they're just Small tiny changes. Oh, yeah, you've
2: seen so many. You don't notice them at the time, right? And then I
1: pointed so them out. I'd be like, "Well, there's this, or there's that," and um, it's just, but then when they start seeing them and experiencing the changes, then it like speeds up the process, and it's so much easier and quicker. Yeah,
0: because there is a stigma around seeing a therapist. I don't know why there's a stigma. Especially in twenty twenty one, like I know, <laughs> but um, there is that, and and with this, we're trying to soften that. So, like, if somebody is on the fence of what could they expect? It now we just discussed that it's hard to accept that you need it and stuff like that, but once you do, like, what sh- should they expect in therapy? Like, what is that going to look like? Obviously, it's going to be individualized to that person. Right. But. Like, what does a session, like, if you could describe, like, kind of what it looks like?
1: Okay. Um, very first thing that I start to do is I empower people when they come in. I, like, um, recognize that it was hard for them to even get here. Okay. It was um, a major feat for them to make that phone call to begin with. Then a major feat for them to walk through the door.
0: Which it is, yeah, i would
1: And then um, I ask how they're doing, you know, and what it feels like to be sitting here in front of me. Yeah. And then I let them ask questions about me, so to kind of take it off of them if they want to. And then um, I try to empower them, and I'll say something like, um, even at the end of the session, um, if I'm going to ask you if you want to reschedule because it's your therapy.
0: So you don't reschedule them, you ask
1: them if... Do you want to reschedule? Okay. Because that's giving them a little bit of power back in their life. The chance to make this, I'm not making you come to therapy. Yeah. This is your choice.
0: <laughs> I see. Because that might sound like a strange question, but for somebody that's never been to therapy, you watch enough movies and TV that you think that you're going to roll in there, it's going to be some person... You're gonna lay on a couch. She's gonna, or he, or whoever is gonna sit there with glasses on the bridge of their nose, and you're gonna tell all about your problems. She's gonna write down stuff on a notepad, and then just, you know, like kind of, it's like awkward feeling. You right. Know? Everybody doesn't have the ability to talk just in general to con- have conversation with people. Some people aren't comfortable with that. I know a lot of people that. Aren't able to do that just on a regular basis. Then to talk about trauma, you know, I can't imagine how you would even go about coaxing that out of them.
1: You make it as comfortable for them as you possibly can. Let them feel like they can trust you and that you're there. You actually are invested in them and you want to help them. Yeah. And that you can see that they can change. And I usually try to explain the trauma process to them. Mm -hmm. Like I'll give the analogy of the bridge or um, I give analogy of a rock, like a trauma being a rock and it's laying on your soul. And if you pick up that rock, the grass is dead or the grass is that awful green color. Yeah. Like it's uh, suffocating and can't. But once you move that grass or that rock off the grass, it just flourishes And sometimes it's better and bigger and brighter and greener and higher than the rest of the grass in the area. And so I used the rock as the trauma that's laying on you. Yeah. And so once you're able to unburden yourself of that trauma, then you can kind of flourish. So unburden
0: yourself, but recognize... He always talks about how he net, didn't run from the trauma, that in your conversations, what helped him the most is the fact that you told him, and am I right with this, by the way? For sure, chime in, because this is...
2: Yeah, a, I mean, I had to face it. I couldn't just dance around it. Or not yeah, like, you guys that. took it on head-on. Like, yeah. Like, you're like, this is... And this. I think, if I recall, that's what you said, I mean, with PTSD and trauma, like, you have to face the trauma and go through it.
1: You have to accept it. But this is... I, I mean, I can't, I wish I had a magic wand that I could erase it from their memory and the part of their history, but I can't, and I wouldn't want to, and I usually explain that too, because if I erased the trauma, the person wouldn't be the person they are. Tony wouldn't be doing this podcast yeah if this wouldn't have happened to him. Because,
0: I mean... Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> he, wouldn't, he wouldn't believe in mental health
1: or PTSD if this hadn't happened to him.
0: He did not. And we did... It's not that I, we didn't believe in it. It's just that you... It's so, like, stigmatized. The generation we grew up in, too. Yeah. You know, especially, like, we always call ourselves, like, me... I'm a meathead. Like, I don't have a lot of... I don't think. Like, a lot of feelings and stuff like that. You don't, like, <laughs> think about it. You know, you...
1: But you do. You
0: do. But, like, you don't We're think so about it ever. You know, you think about... The only in society especially for a big mean looking person like me you they, they anger is like the only thing that they kind of congratulate especially in sports so like when I was 6 or 7 and I was playing football and I was playing with like 11 and 12 year olds because of the weight limit and I was like real aggressive and they teach you from a young age that that is as a m- young man like you could like that like toughness and and, and anger and that kind of stuff they harbor that but, but you can be of...
1: tough and still have um be this strong person oh i know that now and not yeah. weak at yeah. all i think it actually shows enormous amount of strength Yeah. he's he's one of the strongest people i know mm-hmm. because of what he was able to endure and go through i mean literally what he endured physically could should have killed yeah,
0: him yeah and that's and what we're trying right. to change that's what we're trying to change though, because I know that there's it's not just our friend group that oh, feels no. like
2: that. that general- you didn't see commercials on American health on the Super Bowl. No growing right. up. You didn't have parents that talked about it. Yeah, it was one of those
1: things that people did talk about because know. you know there was something wrong with them.
2: It is definitely changing the climate, but we were already grounded dogs with careers and families before they even thought about changing. So we went how many years that you know, talk to people. I mean like we talked about before you don't go to your dad and be like, Hey, I had like this emotional thing in school today, like mm. my dad'd been like, What? Like <laughs> you talk suck it up or He you know, would have talked to me about it but ultimately yeah. the
0: talk would have ended in you gotta
2: you want to give you some analogy be like You gotta you feel right, it. No, no Yeah, alright, it happened but
0: And then, like, even with my mother and, like, that and my Grammy and them, if something would happen or or somebody would die or something like that, we go to church, you light a candle, you do a rosary, and you move on, kind of. It's like, uh, I don't know why people want to, like, avoid dealing. It's not easy. Yeah, It
1: hurts. It's the most uncomfortable thing to do. And trauma I try to make trauma comfortable to talk about mm-hmm. because it is it does hurt. It's not something anybody wants to talk about. So I try to normalize it.
0: Do you would you agree that's what that is though? Avoiding Well
1: oh, absolutely. Okay. I'm gonna stuff it someplace and push it down. Yeah. But then what happens when you push too much stuff down? There's nowhere else place else to stuff it. It's
2: a bucket of water, picture of water and so you're sloshing
1: over and that's when something little tiny happens and the response does not match the situation
0: yeah so um because that that is just to me going through this with him to me that's the that is the single most i think important um job that anybody's doing is trying to break that stigma down because the Now that this is open to me, I recognize it in a lot of people.
1: Once you see it, you can't unsee it.
0: And um,
2: you know, that's true. You do.
0: You see it and everything, and then I have two little kids, and then it makes you like hyper aware of how you're talking to them and how you're dealing with their little issues. You don't want to like kind of gloss over anything, and it just makes you hyper aware. But moving on, he said he got to a breaking point. Is that what you call it? Mm-hmm.
1: Breaking the ice.
0: It, so it was the ice breaking point. Do you remember that? Do you want to talk a little bit about that? But it was.
1: It's like being frozen. Like part of the trauma. You're good. Part of the trauma is there's fight or flight and there's freeze parts. And so he was frozen and he was doing better and he was getting better. But there was still something there. And he, there was, it wasn't gone yet. It, it yeah. wasn't resolved. It wasn't in the past. And so, we were talking about it and so we I said, "Let's go through this again because there's something we're missing. We're stuck. There's just something here." And so what we kind of came to the conclusion was that his brain was I'm dead. So, part of him kind of believed that.
2: And that's which is that how you felt. Yeah, I mean, that's what we talked about. It because remember when I told you the story, whenever I, I said it on here, is that when that gun was pointed at me and I was out of rounds, I was like, I'm dead. Like, there was not like, I might be dead. Or, I'm gonna or, die, you know, was, I'm dead. I'm dead. So, so I went, we went through it. I told the whole story from start to finish, and that was the part she keyed up on was like, You said I'm dead. And then she started explaining how that works that like a portion of your brain was not really living anymore because it thought literally thought you died that day, which made sense.
1: And then he, he was lifelighted, and so right away they started giving him pain medication, and then he went into, he had two surgeries and ICU for all this period of time, and so his brain was like, okay, yeah, I'm dead. There was a part of him that was stuck there and froze, and so after that, after he started feeling emotions and... That's actually when things started becoming like even brighter and. And he had
0: that. Br- Do most people in your experience have? Not everybody hasn't been shot, obviously, but trauma's trauma is trauma. We've are we've discussed. That. It Doesn't matter if you've been shot or something.
1: If it's emotional, physical, yeah. psychological, whatever it is.
0: Do most people have that moment where it all? comes out like that at once
1: it kind of makes sense
0: or is it does it
1: it's well the people who kind of are frozen yeah that part of them because if you think about us we have all these different aspects of us and parts of us that are kind of interacting all the time uh huh and so that part that was believing that he was dead was like oh I'm not and it all just
2: like came crying happy sad mad everything came (laughs) out at once yeah so you go from having tears for no reason, well, there's a reason, but at the time, like, why am I crying, and then, you know, 20 minutes later, you're like, why am I pissed off right now, and then you're like, smiling, 20 minutes later, you're like, just, just all ton of the emotions, emotions all coming up. But for all, all that off. time, they were,
1: they were, he didn't, wasn't experiencing them, that part of his brain was just like, numb, it was frozen, it wasn't. And so he had all these emotions to kind of catch up on, to kind of experience. And when he sort of experienced them, I think I was smiling. And,
0: and he was very proud. He's,
1: like, <laughs> he's all upset and then all mad. And then I'm just smiling because You're I know he's going to be okay.
0: Is that... Does your brain... Do something is is that like a defense mechanism for your
1: brain? It's gonna protect you. Is
2: that what it's doing? So he like kind of freezes. I think we discussed that. Like my brain could not have handled the physical and mental recovery at the same time.
1: No, There's no way I could have.
0: Because he even said you said that he was gonna have pain after that. Like oh yeah, he mental? could
1: have physio Yeah, his body remembers. You and should... he had it. Yeah, that's just. Because your body remembers everything. And so even if you don't want to process it, the trauma's going to come out. Whether you're holding it in or dealing with it and think that you're doing fine. Yes. But you're interacting with the world from a place and you're unconscious that you're not fine.
2: And one of the biggest things that it's noticed that we talk about is that I went to work. I did my job. And I always laugh, I would smile, I would make jokes at work, but then reality—I wasn't doing half of what I used to do. I was going back to my house and doing nothing, sitting there. So that's the one thing that people always think: oh, that person's laughing and joking at work; he's fine. Mm-hmm. But really, they don't. Have, your body's kind of just in—what do you say—like ghost mode, like you're just
1: automatic you, compl- compliance, just, just doing to- what you have to do to to get through your days. And so you can do whatever you need to do, but are you okay? I mean, psychologically, are you okay?
0: Yeah. That, I always think about, so Tony, you know, what happened with him was crazy and he was an adult though. What I found is there's a lot of trauma in, in kids.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: That they don't even necessarily know by the time they're adult that they had this trauma. Is that more tricky to deal with than something so blatant as a gunshot?
1: Yes, because that is somebody who's growing up in an abusive home or a very um, triggering kind of place. or trauma can be generational traumas too. Like if your mom is pregnant and it's a domestic violent kind of situation, your cortisol level you're, you're going to be born with a higher level of cortisol so it's going to take less to kind of push you over the top and those are called stream traumas and that is where your life is normal but yeah. it's not normal.
0: Because of that stuff. I just learned I'm doing trauma enforced training at work and there's this ACE
1: a study. i heard on an experience scale. There's 10 questions.
0: Yeah, and most people, if you have four or more of those out of, out of those 10, you have like higher risk. You have like 45 times more of a chance to use injectable drugs. You have Absolutely. six times higher to have a heart attack. You have like all this kind of stuff. And the... Things on that list I, I I think that everybody has
1: something on that list yeah but do does everybody have four five six I've had people know. who've had nine
0: well yeah that's what I mean I'm sure there's a lot but like that was alarming to see that and then there's <laughs> studies of course of what the people in prison the amount of people in prison that have this and it just was alarming that those Things on that list could result in physical, actual
1: problems like death, early. Like 20 nine... years. Yeah. The higher the number is, you can lose up to 20 years off your life. I mean, high blood pressure, COPD. You can have lots of problems because you have a high ACE score.
0: And then they added a plus five to it. Mm-hmm. And that's like um, growing up in a, like a violent neighborhood is one of them. And it's just the amount of trauma that's out there.
1: It's, it's everywhere
2: it's, it's, it's exhausting I don't well, know you how to do, do this and I know the answer for my support but when we talk about it a lot is when I came though like there was I had a whole life prior to mm-hmm. this so like what I always said was like I just want to get back to where I was I just want to get back to where I was do you see a lot with people that suffer trauma at a young age of any kind like not really knowing who they even are
1: yes they don't. They don't even know who they are, what they like, who they want to be, what they're gonna be. Yeah. And they're a completely different person than the person they were when they first came in because they're becoming them. They're developing their own identity.
2: But then, do you find that they find that awkward too? Because then they're like, "Wait a minute, this isn't who I am." But really, they're healing. Right. And getting rid of because I've learned, and this is from you, and I'm just learning different things that. What happens at a young age, you start to develop coping mechanisms your whole life that Absolutely. aren't positive. Even if you have a good job and you're living a normal life, you would think, but you're still developing a lot of coping mechanisms that are affecting that life, like maybe drinking a little bit more or, by seeking attention more, but you don't even realize it because everybody just thinks, well, she has a job and he has a job and everything's fine. You see that a lot, too, with the...
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. People be misdiagnosed, too. Depression or anxiety or ADHD or something like this. I mean, you get kids that have all this stuff going on at home. How are they going to pay attention It's school? You, can't, you can You can Trust
0: me, I see it. Yeah, How much misdiagnosis do you think there is?
1: Oh, I think there's tons of misdiagnosing because people don't like to address the trauma yeah. or when you say did you ever have anything traumatic happen to you in your life no because it's normal yeah I, my life wasn't traumatic there was nothing
0: and they don't they don't because um, I just think that um, is there a way to I mean like how do you talk somebody to come in? The therapy really is what I'm thinking about. Like, how do you, like, what do you think we should be doing to promote mental health? Like, how do you start that conversation? Just
1: being there for somebody and kind of listening to them, and then maybe suggesting maybe you need to talk to somebody about this because yeah. maybe this would do you some good to talk about this. Therapy is like I think, like I said, I think it's a great thing because like, you can tell anybody whatever, and yeah. you don't have to worry about it. <laughs>
0: Because to me, it's easy because it's just talking. I'm a talker. It doesn't, I mean, that doesn't bother me. But, like, I know people, and, like, even in my family, I know people that just don't, they're not comfortable talking.
1: And then, especially when you start asking them questions. Yeah. You know, like, if they're just talking to you and you're catching things, like, that just aren't quite matching up. So yeah. you ask them, well, tell me a little bit more about that.
0: And then try to get them He talks all the time and we talk all the time on here about the skills that you gave him like um we call it what putting stuff in your tool belt.
2: Yeah. Toolbox,
1: yeah.
0: Um he is there anything that you obviously there's a lot of things, but like rocks, he says rocks in your pocket. Did you see mine? I saw him when I (laughs) first put it. Um journaling, burning. The journal pages when he's done. Do you have anything like that that you could offer to people?
1: Um stress balls, stress like balls. I give stress balls all the time. Um, rocks, grounding, ice cubes if somebody is totally not present, and you can see when somebody's not present as we were talking earlier, you can see them staring at the wall or just not with you. Yeah. <laughs> Hand them a piece of ice that'll bring them present. That's
0: called grounding. Uh-huh. Okay.
1: You can press your feet down on the floor, like your heels into the floor, and you can feel the pressure, like in your legs and your thighs and in your back. That's gonna bring you present. Look for things up above and in the middle and um, below. Yeah. You look for color. Like in this room, we could say red because it'd be hard to find red. So you'd be looking around, trying to find that color. And so it's taking you out of where you're at and bringing you present. Looking for red. Self-harm
0: is a big thing too. What would you say um, for someone that's dealing with that? Like we learned about having rubber bands and snapping mm-hmm. them or ripping tape off of your arm, like putting tape on. So, Is there anything you could give for that?
1: Um, markers markers do really well because you can do the pressure and plus you can see if you use a red marker you can see the color so you could kind of try and trick your brain yeah um with one individual I did duct tape and I made it in a ball and told him to pull the duct tape apart because it takes like forever to be able to undo that duct tape yeah and I kind of brought them back
0: Self-harm for me, and I see it a lot in my line of work, what is, like I don't understand self-harm, what is
1: that really? It's making sure I'm alive. Is that what it is? Yeah, because I don't have any kind of feeling, and so there's a release (laughs) when I cut myself, or when I hit myself, or I hurt myself, that I'm actually feeling pain, and so I'm feeling something, so my brain's like, oh, okay, so this is why I'm hurting.
0: So, it literally is just to make you feel alive like that. Mm -hmm. Because you would think that goes against everything physiology, like to not want to hurt yourself. If you're numb,
1: think think about it. If you're numb and not feeling anything, you're just existing. Yeah. You would really want to know that
0: you are... In fact, alive. Yeah, that's just to me. Because we, with girls, um, I would say if we have 100 girls... 70% 70% of them self-harm and it can be something as superficial as like little baby scrapes or they will cut themselves or pull their hair out or it's just to me I'm like and they will be having a perfectly good day and out of nowhere they will come to me with a cut on their wrist
1: yeah, not to kill
0: themselves them. but to just cut
1: there's a difference between self-harm and suicide
0: yeah I've noticed that too
1: it's, it's something triggered them And so walking backwards, what happened? What were you thinking? What did you smell? What did you hear? What did you see?
0: So try to identify the trigger.
1: Yeah, so that empowers them. The more they understand, like, oh, so that's what got me to feel like this. Oh, well, why did did that cause you to feel like this? Oh, because I remember this time I was doing this, and this is what happened.
0: And it could be anything. It could be sight, smell, any of the senses. Any of the senses. It could do it. There's six, isn't there
1: six triggers?
0: Is there six triggers?
1: Hearing, taste, smell.
0: It's all the physical stuff, and Mm -hmm.
1: there's a
2: sixth one. I don't know what it is. I don't know, I just did this training. I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) So on that topic there, this is why when we talk about one of my biggest things is get into some kind of therapy because what is one thing we talk about is educating yourself on this because I can come and talk to you every day but if I'm not doing my own trying to learn about it then how am I going to understand it myself outside of here you could say oh this is what happened which is good but if I go home then I'm researching it, or reading or listening to somebody online and then I come back to therapy a week later or whatever say hey this is what I heard and you're like yeah that's it so you, once you start under. I mean, I always talk about it because I think you agree is that once you start to understand what the hell is going on, you can start to at least battle it more.
1: Yeah, you can come to acceptance that what I'm going through is normal. It's a normal reaction for an abnormal situation. And so once you understand that this happens, it's not just me that's experiencing this this is a normal trauma reaction than other people have felt this way.
2: Yeah. And I did that, I mean, I come in every week with somebody new online, like, oh, I found this guy online, and this is, he was in Iraq, and this happened. I mean, I did a lot more of that side because of my incident. And I was like, well, he's a hero, like, how did he handle it? He was able to do it, so maybe it could have happen to me. Because there was a long time that, even as I was coming and learning and talking, like, I was still like, eh, I, I don't know. I not believe it. <laughs> That Denied for while, PTSD yeah.
1: for the longest time. He didn't have PTSD. He didn't deserve to have PTSD.
2: You you didn't think you deserved to have it? Yeah, yeah I mean that was part because like I didn't go to war. I didn't go into Iraq or anything like that. I just
0: went. So you think I mean, you were like worthy of PTSD?
2: In a sense, yeah. I mean, pretty much because of- yeah. yeah, like PTSD. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like. You know, and I'll get out
2: my DSM and I'll hand it to him and say, okay, so read this. Like, yeah, it's you fit it. <laughs> well, and I think some of it was some of the first people to start trying to do stuff with my health. I'm not saying it's a great job or not, but the first ones to even do anything was the military. Mm-hmm. So then that came so publicized that everybody else's body got all right, so I can't have yeah. PTSD. I mean, great that they started that, but then it also set a whole new stigma in a society that, oh, well, I was sexually stalled or physical abuse, I, I can't have this.
1: Or owning some part of the blame in it. Like I should have done this or I shouldn't have done that. And so I couldn't be, it's not like, it's kind of my fault.
2: Yeah. And we went through that phase. I mean, there's definitely through therapy and healing, there's definitely phases. Like oh, absolutely. You have the guilt phase, you have the... <laughs> I'm weak phase. I need to be strong again. Like there was all kinds of phases we went through during that. You have the phase of like this is just too hard, or like it just keeps going, and that's what we talked about a few episodes. Like you're not going to see it hit you all once, but then like all suddenly you're gonna be like, wow, I feel different today, and then a couple months, might be another two months, and you're like, I feel better today. Like it's a so it's a slow process, and the problem I find is that people want to fix quick.
1: Right. And I tell people to turn around and look how far they've come and to recognize, not look ahead of them, like how far I have to go, but look how far you've come in such a short period of time.
2: I can attest that it's hard to do, but once you can accept to do that, you're like, okay, well. Because I would say to you, I'm like, yeah, I guess I can this far, but. Always a but. You try to minimize it always.
1: And then there came the time where it was accepting that I felt weak for a period of time. And so having that conversation, he definitely went to, I'm not physically weak. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not why talking. Well, you
0: called me, call me weak, bro. I'm
1: like, yeah. I'm not talking about that. Did you feel weak?
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I did. There was a period of time. I mean, I think even the question, the one day he said, right, about why what strength means to you. Yeah. It was totally opposite what I expected to write. It was all about it. Mental strength, and I even put in there, like, you know, if you asked me a year ago, back then, I'd be like, well, what do you bench? What do you deadlift? What she do you mean, squat?" You and uh, I think you're right, I did get very defensive. Well, I lift every day, I'm all weak. I go to the gym every day. Well, we is, learn that's definitely strength comes from physical and mental, kind of all goes the one. Yeah. Well, this, I, I can't get this out of my mind, so I'm just going to ask you. How do you.
0: You talk, your life's work is talking to people about the worst day or uh, a series of worst days of their life every single day. I mean, that's literally what you do.
1: That's what I do.
0: So how then does that not affect, I'm not going to assume that it doesn't affect you, but how do you deal with that?
1: Um, if it really affects me, then I talk to one of my friends who's a trauma therapist and I'll just say, man, this is really bugging me. Like yeah. this person's like kind of stuck in my head, but I know I have to get them out of my head because their, ish- their problems aren't mine to carry. Yeah. And so I can't carry because then that impacts me as, an in- as a therapist yeah. and as an individual. And my life can't be affected by somebody else's problems that occurred in their life because then I can't help. Yeah, you're, because I just think
0: that like, I mean it's every day. That's what you do. And that for hours. For hours.
2: <laughs> but that will come back to when we get a lot of questions from people listen to it. They're like, "Well, my friend has this, and I'm trying to do this, and I just basically tell everyone like, "You can talk to him and listen. And tell them to do this, but you cannot own other people's traumas, which again, I you know can't. Be yeah, because they're not your traumas, and they're going to affect you if you do try to do that. So you
0: have to find a way to understand and. So, and uh, this could—I'm just being honest. So, what does it mean then, like for a person like me who completely disassociates my... Son? Now, obviously, <laughs> with him, it is. But like for me. What if you feel nothing about it?
1: Are you sure you feel nothing about it? Or are you just trying to turn off those emotions? That's what I mean. How do you know if you are turning it off? Ask yourself.
0: I don't know how I don't know. How...
1: While you're doing it and somebody's like telling you something, are you like, should I feel sad about this? Like there are times like tears in my eyes when people are telling me their stories because they're horrendous.
0: I hear horrendous stories every single day for the past fifteen years. I, I don't even so somebody can come here and literally tell me the worst thing ever that happened to him, and it's, it's just nothing. Is that because I have been in this field so long, it like numbs you to it? Is that even healthy to do? Nope. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Well, you should be able to feel something. You should be able to feel empathy or compassion for them. So you want to be able to feel something, but you don't want to attach to what they're, what they're going through.
0: So I'm a sociopath. Is what you're no, saying. I'm not
1: saying you're a sociopath. I'm saying that <laughs> what you're probably doing is boxing it up, turning off all of your emotions.
2: But yeah. So how do you turn How do you turn on? So real quick on that, that would be before I even had the shooting, we talked about that, and you are like, yeah, you were just blocking stuff out because that's the way you thought you had to do it, being a cop, because I had the shooting before that. Absolutely. A year before this shooting, I had my first shooting, and it was like, well, okay, and then I'd go to sexual assaults these physical cases and I just that was it boom done. handle the case do what we do and move on the next thing and that's, yeah. you said. that's where the picture of water theory came in place like for all those years prior to my shooting I was like this sexual saw a cup of water Your first shooting a cup of water and it all built up and then like you said it was like this huge dump of water but yeah when, on that picture. shooting <laughs> yeah
1: that's what it just about. was like gallons it was added to his container. It wasn't a cup here or there it's or a tablespoon. Food. It was just, it was just like a tidal wave that and it completely overflowed. Explain the picture theory. Yeah. yeah what's, maybe
2: I don't do it justice. You don't.
1: The uh, bridge? The picture and bridge. The bridge and oh.
0: both because the bridge, after yeah. hearing you say, it's not the same thing.
1: <laughs> the picture is, we're containers. We're humans. Like, we're, there's only so much that we can hold before we kind of start overflowing. And so... <laughs> what therapy actually helps you do is lower that volume of water because you take some of it out you understand some of it the memories can be filed and you're not holding all of that in because whether you're if you're holding it in if you're boxing it up sticking it someplace it's still impacting you whether you want to acknowledge it or not
0: yeah
1: and so eventually you get a tablespoon here, a cup there, what have you, eventually you're gonna fill up and then you're gonna overflow and you could splash out here and there and then have an anger reaction or do something and it lowers a little bit, but you're still not going, it's still going to be in there. It's not going to go away. But like with Tony, we were able to, resolve all of the stuff that he was carrying from the shooting and he filed the memories we can't make the memories go away the memories are going to be there but there's no more emotional connection to it
0: which is what we're looking for which is the goal and do you think and that then segues into we talk a lot about he did not take any uh a lot of our listeners take SSRIs. Is that what you Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well... You're a doctor. You
1: sometimes know. people need to do something to help them. Mm-hmm. But because he was so good with denying what he was feeling and pushing it down and yeah. not accepting, I didn't want to add another thing to numb his emotions he was so numb to begin with because that's is that what they
0: ultimately do they numb you it doesn't fix it it's still there it numbs you though
1: yeah so you can handle a little bit more
0: because the amount of kids that i have there all of them are on abilify or seroquel or trazodone or so i always
2: hear this and i know he hears it and just in general If you're taking anything prescribed or using something for a medical purpose, marijuana or THC or CBD, I mean, actually explain to people, that's not curing you, that's not healing you, that's just helping you. You have to do all this stuff. We talked about before therapy, writing a journal it is on top of it that's just going to help you get through your day to day so that's dealing with is, the symptoms then it's not necessarily it. fixing and sometimes it sometimes slows you down I would assume because you're not filling stuff because you're down home and using stuff and you're kind of shutting everything off absolutely
1: and it there's it, unfortunately there is no cure for trauma unless you do work yeah and so by processing it and coming to terms and acceptance of what has happened to you, you're able to take the emotion out of it, file the memory, and move forward. So I wonder why they're so quick to give it then. Because it's, it's easy. easy.
2: Yeah, you just calm down. What do we say at a time? Like, it's I personally at a time, like, this isn't easy. There's nothing easy about going through the trauma you experience. No matter what trauma it is, it's not easy.
1: I think at one point... You were in the very beginning, you were struggling really a lot, and I said we might want to consider doing that, but let's give it a little bit of a chance. And you were so adamant that you didn't want to do it, yeah, you didn't want to, yeah, you didn't want to take anything. Yeah. Which is, know. I don't, I,
0: if it's not fixing it, it's just a, it's I don't understand a it, you know it's band-aid. I mean? It's band-aid.
1: and it helps you be able to do what you need to do to get through your days. And a lot of with. people don't like to do don't like to
2: address trauma trauma's not a no it's not fun it doesn't sound fun. which we've said because we have this topic put up all the time the CBE the marijuana the psychedelic drugs they're using now to try to use PTSD yeah, and like I've always be- said like I steer clear of this because I don't know a lot about it but end of the day like you can take all this stuff that's fine whatever but yeah, if you're not you doing like, the work and doing everything we talked about in that tool belt it's not going to help because like that stuff's band-aids. I mean, writing a journal, all that, that's the work. And you're dealing and when with When we talk them. about the rock, that's probably a band-aid to get you through that moment. It does. And because grounding.
1: That's right. Because at that moment, you're not, you're not there. You're someplace else in your brain. So feeling the rock, your brain's focusing on what's going on in your hand. And so it brings more of your attention to this and gets you out of your head.
0: I just think it's so interesting, and it's something that nobody, not nobody, but a lot of people just don't know. And I think if they did, also, I think if they met you, because I've met other therapists in my line of work, and I think there's so many mediocre to bad ones that that is what is doing the most damage. Because just like there's bad teachers, just like there's bad police officers, I think there's so many in that field though, that that is really doing the most damage. Because if they knew you, I don't think people would be like, "Oh, I'm not going to go talk to her."
1: <laughs>
0: you're easy to I talk all time to time. the yeah. time. you're easy to talk to. the 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 work that I see him do, you know, I I'm he thanks you every day when you're not around. I mean, he talks. About you to everyone, he says how great you are. he top telling me to go to therapy even though well, now I think I need more that we've established on a sociopath.
2: <laughs> we did not establish a sociopath. but um
0: he uh you know that I just think that is the biggest thing, and if we were if we're able to show more people like you that that would kind of help break the stigma because there's a lot of people that need to talk to somebody yeah and
1: well seventy to eighty percent I can't remember exactly what the percentage is, what research shows. It's the connection between the therapist and the client. Yeah, you have that, to have a good one. Too. Yeah, and if you don't have that connection, then you need to go to a different therapist. You just got to find someone else because it's just like friends. Like, you know you click with somebody and you're able to handle that. You Like, this is a good person, or some people are just... Kind of acquaintances, mm-hmm. and some people you just don't want in your life. So if you don't have the connection that you with your therapist that you feel like you can go to those deep dark places, yeah, then you really shouldn't.
0: And it doesn't necessarily mean you're friends. Like you, don't, I don't think. Oh my god, were that no? You don't want to be friends with your therapist. Yeah.
1: No, and I would never say Tony's my friend. Yeah,
0: you can't because yeah, that would make that
1: that's yeah. unethical. Yeah.
0: <laughs> But, and because I know some that do that. It's like, I listen to these therapists talk to one of these kids. It's like they're best friends. I'm like, that can't be good.
1: No, because then they don't
0: listen. And, like, I see therapists crying during sessions and and the kid's crying, she's crying, they're hugging. That also, I don't think, could be good. I don't think you're supposed to cry either if you're the therapist. If you want to cry, wait till then. Well, read. I
1: do. Sometimes I do get tears in my eyes because yeah. I see how much the person's hurting. I don't sob. I don't, like, oh, tears was, don't run down my face. I may get tears in my eyes, and you can notice that Yeah. Eyes are watering, or and I'll even yeah. I'll bring it up. I'll say like that. I can't even imagine what that feels like for you because it's bringing tears to my eyes just seeing you and hearing you just dis- describe this. Yeah. Um, as far as touch, I don't touch you my therapist or my client.
0: They high five, they hug when they get there. I'm just like,
2: no. What do we Did do? We, we discuss some of not that per se, but I mean, we communicate on it. Professional level of this, and work wise and stuff, but there was never a time we never went to lunch. We never did okay, any of that. like, No, but
0: I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying there has to be. You want to find someone friendly and easy to talk to, like yourself, but you don't want a friend out of this.
2: Well, either. you said at the beginning. You said me that you said I'll even go after a couple sessions and say, "Hey, I'm sorry, this this isn't connecting. You know, it's not working. So right. a good therapist should be able to notice like we're not connecting like we should be, and you're not getting
1: anywhere. So I'm going to refer you to somebody else.
2: I just think that's your level of professionalism. Everybody
0: doesn't
1: do that, and I'm upfront right away because I don't want somebody to come in, especially doing trauma therapy, and come in and say. I'm so mad and I'm like oh that's great because then they're like you're weirdo like you know because I'm like well you're healing and then it looks like you're making this up so I'm right up front I'm like this is gonna be hard you're gonna feel worse before you feel better but you're gonna feel better so when you feel that worse like take remember me telling you right now yeah you're gonna feel better like this is the end and you're gonna start to notice a change Oh, that you is. did,
2: I mean, you put it up front real quick, like, this is going to suck. Like you said, that sorry. bridge, theory is the best description of it. When yeah, you, that you're
1: standing on the one side of the bridge, and it's storming and it's dark, and it's cloudy. I didn't um, have drawn a picture of it, because it was so much a part of how I think about metaphorically trauma helping people, and the bridge is, there's this, big giant ravine and it's huge like it is so far down and so it's scary to cross that bridge and the bridge is one of those wooden slat bridges and it's swaying
0: yeah i would never go over that bridge
1: and so you got at the very beginning part you have slats that are missing so you have to crawl around those open spots to get to the other spot but on the other side it's like rainbows and, sunshine and a treasure chest. And the treasure chest is your life, everything that you can have. Well, that'll...
0: we're in an hour. That was the fastest hour ever. they uh I could ask you questions forever. And we should probably wrap this episode.
2: Well, the one question we want to ask is we get a lot of you can never heal.
1: Yes, you can. You, you're, you're proof that you can heal.
2: But whenever people hear that, they're always... I don't think that, that could be possible. It's not real.
1: It's not. It is real. It's, it takes a long time and a lot of dedication on the part of the clients. The therapist, people thank me for helping them for what I did for them. I didn't do anything for them. And I've told you this many a time. times. <laughs> I've walked along this path with you. Yeah. And I just told you what you needed to do. And I just was there alongside you. I walked the path, but I can't do it for you.
0: Well, just, that's good to hear. Because I don't yeah, think they I mean, understand like right there. I mean, you heard it here beautiful. first.
1: You can you heal, can you help, can heal. But it's not easy. It's, no, it's not. But it's, it's gratifying on both parts. It's gratifying for me to say, see ya, you know, yeah. like I hope everything lasts. If it doesn't, if you get triggered, you need to come back and we'll only take a couple of sessions, you'll be good. Especially kids, because kids reach different developmental levels. I tell parents this all the time. Kids, they're going, this is going to resurface because they're going to reach a different developmental level and are going to think about it in a different manner than they're thinking about it right now. So bring them back. It's only going to take a couple of sessions. We'll reprocess it and get them moving forward. Well,
2: that's good. You have anything else to add to wrap it up? No, I think this is what we wanted this episode
1: right Yeah,
2: I, I think it. this is...
1: Oh, I did want to bring up one of the newest treatments, if we have just a minute. Absolutely. It's called Free Spira. Hold
0: on, this is what I'm going to do. Yep. Hold on one second.